Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Congratulations for you folks for that's when graduating, either from high school or from college or grad school or law school or medical school. Well, you know what? They'll be looking for a job soon. If they're looking for a job, they got to look the part. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. they got a great, great line of clothing for your younger folks. And not necessarily something tailor-made, but also something custom-made. A wide variety of shirts, blouses, skirts, towels, you name it. Not towels, exactly. But you know what I'm talking about. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, although school is out for the summer, that doesn't mean teachers still have lots of concerns. So join us to talk about schools and education and a couple other things here in the state of Indiana is our good friend, education activist Justin Oakley, writes the blog. Just let me see. Justin, my friend, how's everything going? Good to talk to you, my friend. Oh, always good to talk to you, too, Abdul. Uh, so let me ask you, uh, how would you say this school year went for teachers? <laughs> I would say it's went about the same as it has for the last 15 years, but a little bit worse. Uh, we have, I think, a record uh, openings. If you looked at the uh, IDOE, put something out in April, I think it was like 3,000 unfilled jobs. And about everything that was going to pass did pass at the midnight hour. So we're right, we're right at where we've been here for the last probably decade plus. So what do you think is responsible for this teacher shortage we're experiencing? Well, there was, uh, there's been a couple national national news runs on like texas and a couple other places and 60 percent of the teachers are saying they're leaving for one reason and one reason only and it's the politicians so that's not a good thing if you look at polls prior to uh covid uh most people trusted their local school districts like 70 80 percent and trusted their local politicians about 10 percent so uh something shifted there and i think something's got to give or you're going to end up with a really bad problem i don't think you want nobody going into teaching that's always since i've met you from day one i've had a little slogan called just let me teach and i've stuck to that and that's kind of what i'm still fighting for Uh, so what do you think it is uh is it just people not going into teaching or is it teachers uh sort of taking early retirement or or all of the above well, I think a bunch of stuff happened in, in waves. I think uh, the Bennett, Daniels, Pence era type era, a lot of people left in waves. And then uh, no one's come back. And if you remember, like, one of the very first times you, you and I ever chatted, I said there'd be a mass exodus. No one would be coming in. And everybody would be going out. And we're there. We've been there. So now we're on, like, uh, DEFCON 5 here, and it seems like nobody wants to listen. I mean, Indiana was in the news this morning again. I think Mike Hicks put something out about our economics and, you know, uh, I start digging into the devil, the details. It's uh, low-paying jobs, low education. We rank, you know, we're we're in the bottom tiers on a, about a half dozen quality of life things. And at some point, uh, somebody's going to call out and say, you know, what are we doing here? But not enough people have done that yet. It's just still a few of us. So, uh, so what's happened with the teachers' political cloud? Do you think is it just just sort of diminished over time, or you know, fewer numbers, you know, fewer union dues? What what's happened? Because I remember teachers' union, the ISTA, Indiana State Teachers Association, used to be one of the most powerful unions here in the state of Indiana. Well, I can't speak on their behalf, but uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, unions have been clipped. You know, you go back to, I mean, I think one of Mitch Daniels. We're going way back, Abdul, showing our showing our age. Uh, executive order, no state office employees could be union or eliminated that. And we've just been a constant attack. Uh, I don't know if it's just all that. I think most teachers generally weren't political. They did flex. They showed the world in 2012 that they could be. That blueprint's still there. There's somebody running. Uh, someone that flipped the ticket and is going to run for governor might, if she can tap into that, she's going to find that that's still there. So uh, I think just, you know, no, I heard a lady say the other day, no one's going to, uh, do this for forty grand and just get walloped. You know, now now you can't teach a book. Now you can't talk about a paragraph. Now you can't talk about World War Two. Now you can't talk about the Civil War. 
now someone's going to be mad about a book you've read for 30 years. It's just, uh, who's going to do that? And I think you're finding the answer is uh, not very many people. What are your thoughts on that, by the way? Uh, the sort of, uh, sort of, uh, sort of, instead of the, the school districts controlling the curriculum and, you know, with, with parent, with parental and teacher input, now it's basically coming from the state of Indiana or, or, or states particularly saying, no, you can't teach, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird or The Red Badge of Courage. Well, we've been here before. If you've seen, we're in between like uh, Deliverance and the scene Footloose, and in the, the middle of Field of Dreams, where the woman stands up at the school board and says, "We're not going to read this book," you know, and he pulls her. Kevin Costner pulls her down. Uh, we're in that moment. We're back in the John Bircher bill on steroids, the McCarthy era of you know. They, here's here's the. I'll just sum it up in one statement. I don't have a problem with someone saying I don't want my kid to read uh, this particular book. That's fine. They've had lists for years where you could do an alt assignment or you could not be part of that or you could read your own thing. Now it's that same person saying, I don't not only do I want my son not to read this, I don't want anybody to read this. And everybody should have a problem with that. And again, there's just this muted cricket like void of where no one's paying attention to this and it's driving me nuts. Our guest on the program today is our good friend Justin Oakley. He's an education activist here in the state of Indiana and also writes the blog, Just Let Me Teach. So we're just kind of getting caught up on education here uh, in the state of Indiana, even though schools out teachers still have some major concerns about how education is done up here in Indiana. Uh, Justin, let's talk about the, the issue of teacher pay. Obviously, uh, teachers deserve more money. I mean, who doesn't deserve uh, more money? What, what, can, what can literally be done about teacher pay? Because at the end of the day, teacher pay is controlled at the local level, not the state level. Well, we say that. That's a refrain that uh, you like to say, and you can say it, uh, but it's it's a half-truth. Uh, the state controls every aspect of education it has now since 2011. That's a fact. Uh, they give you a budget. They give you a dollar amount based on student enrollment, based on their model, based on their formula. They assumed that, by the way, in 2010. They took over all the general fund funding, and now they're sitting on, what, $8 billion and don't have money? It's a joke. I mean, someone should call that out. Well, technically, it's um, technically it's six billion, but if you break it down, it's really more like two. Yeah. All right. So we got billions of dollars, but there's, it's, you know, it, they it, they just talk out of both sides of their mouth. They're only listening to it. You know, when you have a supermajority on steroids, is what's what they have. They're not listening to anybody except the groups that are telling them exactly what they want done. That's how politics works. You and I both know that. Politics is the art of controlling your environment. Hunter S. Thompson said that, and it's so truthful in Indiana. Uh, and they're controlling every aspect of their environment. They passed every single thing, you know, and I just want to say on your program, I don't want to remind all your viewers, all your listeners that book burners have never won in history. And we got to make sure that we're not the first state that they do. Uh, it's not going to be a good thing because you're, what you're going to find is boards and admin are just going to pull a book. They're not going to fight this. You're not going to go to jail for teaching to kill a mockingbird or things they carried or Ketra and Rye or mice and men and books you've read classic books and, you know and here's the flip of this now now your tax dollars pay for church schools and charter schools and online schools but you have if i go down to my local uh, religious ed school it takes 300 percent in vouchers i they don't have a board what if i don't want them to be teaching some of the stuff they teach you have no voice there they do it anyway it's not the same rules not the same game People should be very concerned about that. And, Abdul, Hoosier voters used to be, you know, we were the state that had common sense, and now it's like, I don't know what's happened here, but somebody needs to right the ship before there's nothing left. But I want to get back to, to, the, to the teacher pay issue, because the teachers say in, in Jasper, Indiana, uh, obviously there's a different cost of living as opposed to a teacher in Indianapolis or in Hamilton County. So, yeah, so you guys want to like a base teacher salary or just more money for teacher pay altogether? 
If I were governor or uh, in charge of all this, I'd bring back collective bargaining in a heartbeat in the way that it used to be or a new version of it of where people actually got, you know, used to say a calculus teacher and a PE teacher shouldn't make the same dollar amount. I, I don't I, I think that it's gotten so bad that if you looked at a if you looked at a uh, chart today and looked at what you would have made in 2010 to 2023, you'd be a, that's why people have left. I mean, you've, you've literally been frozen into a salary schedule where you're, you're not making any money. And your math folks, your special ed, highly trained folks, they can go, you know, if you lived in Bargersville, Franklin, Mooresville, Martinsville, you could go to five, six districts and just bounce around and get bonuses and make money. And that's what people have done, or they just leave. And so many people have left. I think teaching's an art. I think you're called to it. I think you're, you know, I had the best teachers I had brought it to life. Now you're getting people that don't want to be there, aren't trained in it, on emergency permits, not certified, and you have all this other stuff happening. So I'm not a tinfoil conspiracy theorist, but if you were trying to destroy it, you're doing a very good job of it. Our guest on the program today is our good friend Justin Oakley. He writes the blog Just Let Me Teach. He's an education activist, and he and I have known each other for 15 years and some change. And so we're just kind of getting caught up on education here in the state of Indiana. Uh, just want to change gears, uh, pivot just a little bit, and talk about Jennifer McCormick. Uh, Jennifer McCormick, uh, former superintendent of public instruction, uh, former uh, superintendent, I want to say uh, up in uh, Delaware County, uh, up in Yorktown, uh, is running for governor, running as a Democrat, even though uh, she she's voted as even though she ran as a Republican uh, for the state superintendent. What do you think Jennifer's chances are? Well. I haven't sat down physically and had a 30-minute coffee chat with her, but I'd like to if she's listening. Uh, I think she can win. Uh, if she can get teachers to coalesce like they did in 2012, if she can get uh, women to coalesce, if she could raise a million bucks, uh, grassroots money by the fall, and have a bunch of people supporting her, she will win. Uh, that's my prediction. And people thought I was nuts when I said that about Tony Bennett. They probably should listen because uh, everything's there. If she can tap into that, she will win. Because I'll tell you another thing. Most superintendents, most school board people, most school boards, most community people that are Republicans, they're going to vote for her. They're, nobody's thinking about those things. How come? So well, state, why, why would they? Why would they vote uh, for? Her? I think that I think people that are in in the in the school system know that things are wacky. And but they are, you know, we're in our tribal, we're in our, I don't know, 1820s, 1840s, Civil War Part Two. So people are just kind of holding on to their politics. But she's kind of, you know, Glenda. I'm going to say this lightly. I don't think she was. Uh, she was from Hamilton County. I think she voted Republican a few times. Ran as a Democrat. Uh, McCormick was a Republican elected official. The last one they removed from the ballot. Uh, she's flipped. So it's like it's like it's it's not about the party anymore. It's about let's get to some like get out of this lunatic fringe that we're in before there's no end. So, I mean, uh, you're already seeing this isn't just an Indiana thing. This is a national crisis thing now where at some point, not everybody can be online, not everybody can go to, to Tabernacle, not everybody can go to, you know, whatever. We're going to have to have some common sense. And that, and that kind of brings up my other question too, old friend, uh, because obviously uh, with uh, Suzanne Crouch, Mike Braun, uh, Eric Doden, uh, all ready for governor, all with millions of dollars in the bank, and uh, Indiana you know, basically voted for Republicans for governor uh, ever since I've been here, since 2004. I guess my question is, how can Democrats win a governor's race, particularly one who used to be a Republican? Well, the I'll give you the background smoky details of that. You might have some older county chairs that will, you know, old school say, I'll never support that. You're, she's getting that. She got some of that out of the gate. 
Uh, I think if she just runs her own race and stay, she's obviously going to have to talk about more than just education because uh, obviously people aren't really paying attention to that except the people on the inside. But if she can get the people on the inside to get on the outside like we did, uh, the, it can happen again. The blueprint's there. Uh, every election's different. To see who's at the top of the ticket. You know, if it's if it's Trump, Biden, 5.0, round five, uh, I don't know if turnout's going to be big, small, Indiana vote straight ticket. Man, some of the turnouts uh, in these mayoral races were horrible. You know, people won with like 500 votes. So if nobody shows up to vote and she can get people out, she wins. Uh, how is Jennifer doing? Uh, will Demo- I guess the other question, too, is will Democrats actually trust her? I wrote in my cheat sheet recently uh, that Jennifer McCormick was at an event uh, in Monroe County, I believe it was. And she got a lot of pushback from some of the young Democrats. Say, hey, you used to be a Republican. How can we trust you? How do we know this isn't just you know, some, some conspiracy trick? How does Jennifer get over that sort of that trust-related issue? She's going to have to have some help. She needs help. She ain't going to do it by herself. But if she just runs, runs her race and sticks to what she's been doing, she's well-versed in education. She's, educators, are, it's not, if she can get in front of people, she's got it. And if you can go talk to five or ten people, she, that's how you do it. It's, it nothing's changed. It's gotten worse. No one watches news. No one watches TV. No one does all these things. You got to get out there and get people to the polls. And uh, I'm going to stick to that. I don't know. I'm not part of her campaign. I haven't even physically spoken to her. Uh, if she's out there listening, I'd love to. No. I have some ideas. So what do you, so what but, do you hear from uh, it, so what do you hear from teachers about her candidacy? Uh, I think teachers are like completely zoning out or going to their third or fourth job this summer. They are not. I mean, I said this when. Listen, I traveled to 60 counties in 2011 and 2012. And you want to know what I found out, what I already knew? Teachers are not political. Most people are not political. You and I are different creatures. We are different people. We t- we live this stuff. Most people don't. Most people want to be away from this stuff. So if you can tap into that and get it, it's it's an entity that people are just sort of downplaying. Uh, and, you know, uh, Glenda didn't run like this magnificent whatever. It just kind of happened. And she had a she had an, a, a person that people hated, um, you know, teachers hated that person. So if she can tap into that. Uh, I don't want to give advice to whoever's running on the other side, but if they come out swinging, talking about burning books and hating teachers, they're a toast. They're in trouble. I'm telling you that. Justin Oakley with us for a few more minutes on the program today, education activist and writes a blog, Just Let Me Teach. Uh, Justin, uh, something uh, interesting that you might find is that the, when the Summer Study Committee list came out over in the legislature uh, just uh, recently, uh, there was nothing on schools and education, so nothing on expanding vouchers, uh, nothing on expanding more choice. Uh, good news or bad news for education in Indiana? Well, it's wild. They've been studying, doing a summer study committee, committee since I've been doing this, and then they have nothing on there. They have nothing on there because they're they are they have no their agenda is to stick to what they're doing. You got a guy running the education committee in the house that's been there for since Millie Vanilli got their Grammy taken away from them. That's a joke for the '90s kids. Uh, they've lit, they're creatures of the legislature. They've been there for 30 or 40 years. They got, they're answering to their super PACs and their PACs and their people. Uh, you've got a lady running, uh, telling people that, you know, teachers are pornographers and there's pornography in the library. I, I go to the library quite a bit and guess who ain't in the library? Kids. There ain't anybody in there reading, Abdul. They're on their phones. So my kid hasn't brought a book home since third grade. She hasn't brought a physical book home since third grade and we're banning books. I mean, it makes no sense. People are going to figure this out. And people my age and younger are just like they've you've already lost them. They're like they're not even involved in this because it's so crazy. So I think I don't know what you asked me, but uh, maybe I answered oh, part oh, of it. Well, no, but you know, just uh, the fact that uh, do you think we're done with sort of the the voucher expansion, uh, expanding school choice in Indiana? Is sort of uh, just where it's going to be for a while. 
Well, we are. I mean, I think they look at some of the, they tried to pass. They tried to give it was like a 700 percent increase. So this makes no sense. I like to break things down in like the simplest of terms. And like you, it, a family of four can't qualify for uh, assistance if they make more than twenty eight thousand dollars. But a family making two hundred twenty nine thousand dollars can get a voucher. It makes no sense. It makes dollars. And study after we can argue about that. We have for 15 years that vouchers do no better, this or that. But it was never about just choice. If you go back to what Mitch and Buddy said, you had to enroll in this public school. And then you had to do that. There were steps. Now they've gutted all that. And it's just like everybody gets money. You can go here. You can go there. Half these schools don't have special ed teachers. Half these schools don't have certified staff. These schools close. It's one, one disaster after another. Uh, they're not from here. They come in from another state and run it. Now you've got they've created a thousand Frankenstein's that stand up there and lobby, and they're never going to stop till they get every dime they want. And so now you're just kind of you're feeding the beast of three and four and five different systems, and eventually it will collapse. We all lose. No one wins. Final question for you, my friend. A personal question. Uh, I know you ran for public office uh, years ago uh, when Tony Bennett <laughs> ran, didn't run again. Uh, think about uh, throwing your hat in the ring this uh, this time. Oh, there's always. I went through my Brian Wilson phase where I just kind of disappeared for a decade. I may be, I don't know, I'm eyeballing one. I think uh, I'll say this live on your show. Uh, a decade ago, I thought someone was beatable, and every day I woke up, there was a fire in my gut to, to do that, and he lost. And I believe that about one individual in particular, and I believe it again. So uh, I always believe that right, uh, what doing right, doing what's right is what you're supposed to be doing, and Indiana's way off track on a lot of things. So uh, people my age have fled the state, not coming back, asked me why I still live here. I'm proud to live here. I still love where, I, where I'm at. Um, short answer is I'm always uh, open to uh, a possibility. All right. Well, our guest on the program day has been our good friend, Justin Oakley, education activist and writes a blog, Just Let Me Teach. Justin, old friend, hey, always good to talk to you, buddy. We'll get together for a cigar real soon now that my doctor said I can have him again. Well, you take care of yourself, man. Listen to your health. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.